notice me Try to tell you, baby, I just want to take my team All the way to the top where we supposed to be Keep them haters way down underneath my feet Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just trying to feed my family Lord, keep me safe while I'm out here, Jack going on family this is solomon it's your boy ad and you're watching reparations tv you know ad one thing that's hot right now in the scheme of reparations is that um you know apparently there's this little city called evanston in illinois that's coming out and saying that they're offering reparations for black americans for black residents of um that city and you know what they're offering based off of what I'm reading, is grant money that can be used toward um, either payment on debt or, you know, to get them a head start as far as a down payment on purchasing a home. And they're, they're, they're calling this reparations, right? But, you know, I, I kind of got mixed feelings about that because, you know, based off what I'm seeing that they're offering, and I'm not saying that what they're doing is wrong, but... I don't know if I could really bring myself to say that this is really truly reparations. I mean, they're they're basically telling you what you're already going to use this funding for. And, you know, to me, I just don't see how it can really be called reparations, especially when you look at the history of reparations given to people that have been, um, you know, have had acts perpetrated against them. You know, I kind of see this as like more like a reverse Jim Crow than anything, but what do you think about that? Um, to call it reparations is an insult to the term reparations, uh, first and foremost. Um, they did not tell the Japanese what to do with the reparations that mm -hmm. they received for internment during World War II. Mm -hmm. They did not tell the Jewish what to do with the money that they received for reparations um, for the heinous acts of the Holocaust committed against those people. Why do they feel like they should be able to tell the African-American or the black man and woman what to do with the funds, um, first and foremost? Secondly, Evanston, Illinois um, is a suburb in Chicago, just to give you guys a little bit of background, right? They're a suburb in Chicago. They've admitted that they created a system that made it difficult for black people to own homes in certain neighborhoods. Um, that term was known as redlining, essentially, where mm -hmm. um, pretty much banks forced black people to live in certain neighborhoods. Um, and you knew that based on a certain zip code that the median income was going to be lower, that the quality of housing was going to be worse, and that the color of the people were going to be darker in those neighborhoods, mm -hmm. right? You knew that. That's so right. banks based their lending off of that zip code to one whatever we know has a lot of black people, so we're going to make it hard for them to receive home loans. And there's still a huge gap in the percentage of homeowners. I believe the percentage of black homeowners is somewhere around 45 46%, and the percentage of white homeowners is somewhere around 75%. Still a 30-point gap in that um, right now. But... Edmondson is not the only city in America to do that. As a matter of fact, virtually every city in this entire country did that for the better part of the entire last century. 
they redlined us, mm -hmm. stuck us into communities that we now refer to as ghettos, ghettos or right. the hood, and they put white people in the suburbs or what's affectionately known as the burbs, right? Donald yeah. Trump said himself, um, they're going to move out and ruin the suburbs for the soccer moms. That's um, veiled, coded language for black people. If they get money, they're going to live near you. And if they live near you, they're going to ruin your communities like they ruined theirs. But um, let's just be honest. We didn't ruin our communities. The drugs that the government shoved into our communities ruined our communities. Um, the, the, lack of, well. the lack of father figures because the police picked off our men and imprisoned them a lot of times for low-level crimes destroyed our communities. Mm -hmm. The lack of resources for education destroyed our communities now don't get me wrong i'm not saying we have no culpability at all some of us made a lot of bad choices and did a lot of bad things That's true. but there was a concerted effort and still is to this day to keep black people in a subservient um just a condition that no man or woman would ever want to have to live in there's been a concerted effort to do so the federal government owns reparations Evanston, Illinois is one city and one state, one little town, one small domino. The federal government has owed us reparations for centuries, and we're not allowing you guys to use this word as a way to appease us. They'll offer you anything but the money. They'll tell you what to do with the money, and then they'll tell you it's reparations. We didn't allow that to happen, or the Jews didn't allow that to happen. The Japanese did not allow that to happen. So why should we, as the blacks, allow the government to tell us what to do with the money? If we want to spend the money and buy a liquor store, we should be able to buy that. Because the money is owed to us. Nobody tells the white man to do what to do with the money. So my whole point being, let's call this what it is. It's assistance. It's a housing voucher program mm -hmm. or what have you. But this is not reparations. Um, as a matter of fact, to make up for the lack of wealth that black people have and kind of bring us up to even kill with white people, we would need $14 trillion. At minimum. Minimum. These state co governments combined have $3 trillion on a fiscal year. So none of these states are even equipped to pay the reparations that it would take to make this an equal or equitable playing field. Right. But the federal government has the same federal government that sank $5 trillion That's right. into the market during COVID-19. Mm -hmm. They they had $5 trillion, right? Just over the last 12 years, the last calendar month is how much they put up. You're telling me they can find $14 trillion? Essentially, what did you say before, Solomon? It could be in the 20s or 30s of trillions yeah. of dollars, to be mm -hmm. honest, if it's about... If you really break it down. You know, the labor that was done, the yeah. work that was put in. But we, at this point, I feel, should only be asking for the $14 trillion to make things so, somewhat of an equal playing field. If you're running a 100-yard dash, and I'm starting on the zero-yard mm -hmm. line, and you're starting on the 65-yard line, 
I could be twice as fast as you and you're still going to beat me. But start in the same position that I'm in and now beat me. If you can beat me from the same starting line, then I just had to give it up and say you were better. But a lot of people have a 65-yard head start and then they look back at you when you're crossing the, the 50 or the 55 and they're crossing the finish line like they actually did something. You didn't beat us. And if things were equal, you would actually really have competition on your hands. And that's really what a lot of people are scared of is they don't want us to have this money because we would build up our communities. Mm -hmm. We would invest. We would own businesses. We would do wonders on the stock market. We make the little. We make the most out of the least. So imagine if we had equity, what we would make. And I feel like that's the fear of the federal government, and that's why they don't want to pay reparations. It's not because they're wrong. It's not because they can't come up with the money. It's because they don't want to see a bunch of black people having wealth, and now we have the opportunity to do what we want with that wealth. Yeah, what they really don't want to see is another black Wall Street. I mean, mm -hmm. let's just make it as cut and dry as that. That's like a worse nightmare for those who perpetuate the imbalance <laughs> going on in this country and, the, and you know, help to expand the wealth gap. I read that uh, African-Americans only amass to 2% of the total wealth um, in this country. But 13% of the population. Yeah, but 12 to 13% of the population, but 2% of the wealth. I mean, that's like next to nothing if you really think about it. But... Yeah, I mean, I, I understand exactly what you're saying. and They, they don't want to see you win, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. is, is how I look at it. And, uh, yeah, they don't want to see another Black Wall Street because, as you said, we get real creative. I mean, we are known as a people for making something out of nothing. Even, I mean, let's look at, let's look at something as simple as, like, Scrapple. A lot of people, <laughs> they – I don't think a lot of people really – probably either know what scrapple is and if they know what scrapple is they don't really know what it really comes i still comes don't from. know what it is i had it but i do not know what that is well i'm gonna tell you what scrapple is and this is something i learned a while ago scrapple in the etymology of the word stems from scraps what it was was that during the time of slavery um as you probably can imagine we were um not fed properly we were you know it's just like what they say overworked and underpaid right but i mean on steroids to the highest power um and we literally were fed uh what they described as low on the hog whereas though the slave masses ate what they described as high on the hog meaning that they ate the the best parts in the most literal sense uh, ate the best parts of the pig and what they didn't eat and what even their dogs didn't eat they would give to their slaves who they owned as property. And what we did with it, you know, we didn't we didn't just cry about it and, you know, just say, oh, you know, woe is me. We turned something that, you know, was perceived to be a negative into a positive. We made a delicacy out of it. Now, it kind of um, it's kind of sad to really imagine that, because when they talk about eating low on the hog, they're talking about the pigs eyes the pig's snout the hooves intestines. you know the intestines you know and uh, things of that nature feet trotters is what they call them i mean all kind of stuff even the dogs didn't even eat it they wouldn't even feed their pets this stuff but they would give the slaves who were counted as cattle three-fifths of a human being so what we did was 
we made the best of it. You know, we took literal scraps and made a dish of it and called it Scrapple. We gave it a, a little kind of little pet name and said, hey, you know, well, this is what we got and this is what we're going to do with it. And, you know, we're going to, you know, eat that. And it's crazy how even though we're no longer in bondage physically, you know what I mean? I'm talking about the totality of us because, I mean, believe it or not, now I've been doing some research and, you know, I've been finding out that some folks are still there's some slave trading going on, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking about worldwide trafficking. I mean, it's pretty much slavery. And you think about sweatshops and things like that, but that's a whole nother topic. But, you know, it's just crazy how, you know, we're no longer in bondage and you don't really see black people walking around with chains and a ball on a chain and things like that. But many of us still have adopted that diet. We, a lot of us still, you know, eat scrapple. I remember going to college at the University of Maryland Eastern Shore and in the calf is what they called it. I remember one of the dishes they would have for breakfast on a daily basis was scrapple. You know, and I remember thinking to myself at that point, you know, like it's just crazy how we're no longer slaves, but we still eat like slaves. You know, and that's just, uh, you know, some people may feel a different way about that. And they they may feel because they were raised on that and that's, you know, been their diet that, you know, it's kind of affectionate to them. So they don't view it as slavery. But I can't help but to see it as that because that was a diet that we were forced to eat because we didn't get the proper nourishment that we needed as basic human beings because we were counted as cattle. That's like feeding a cow, you know, um, corn. Or feeding a chicken corn all day and stuffing the chicken just so that he could serve the purpose that you want him to serve. That's how I looked at it. Stuffing us with corn. Scrapple. And that's just one of the few things. You know, the chitterlings and things. I mean, you know, there's just been Mm -hmm. times where we've, we've taken the lowest of the low and we've made something out of it. You know what I mean? Think about... The the just even being on the plantation and just to help the time go by, we would come up with songs and, and, and things like that. I mean, really try to put yourself in that headspace and really imagine being there. And the, you're it's almost like you're just in an imminent reoccurring doom because, you know, when you wake up the next day, you'll still be in the same condition. How do you arrange your mind around that? You got to give yourself something to take your mind off of that type of pain. So, yeah, we came up with songs and we came up with little dances and things like that. And some of the songs that, you know, I mean, even myself that I sung as a kid, I mean, you don't really know what the origin of that song is. Some of it is racial. Some of it is real racial. I mean, even down to the national anthem. That's right. The third verse. Mm -hmm. Who was it? Um, Francis Scott Key, whoever wrote that. The third verse said there was nowhere for a slave to go, pretty much. Like, you're a traitor. You call it, they call it slaves who during the Civil War, um, well, it was a Civil War, right? Or it was it was one of the Canadian Wars, I believe it was. They went and fought on the opposite side of their slave masters. Mm-hmm. And somehow, fighting for your freedom was considered being a traitor or treacherous. But let's just unpack this. When the white man was fighting from his for his freedom, from the crown, slaves fought right as- alongside mm-hmm. the white man. That's right. Knowing that they would get no freedom. Mm-hmm. Knowing that their conditions wouldn't improve at all. Knowing they probably would be worse. Because if the British won, maybe they would be free. But they still fought alongside their slave masters. But when they decided to fight for their own freedom, now all of a sudden, you're a traitor. 
and we still sing the national anthem to this day and that's why i do not stand for the national anthem mm -hmm. i do not say it as a matter of fact uh, um, a couple years ago it was some students from morgan state university um my alma mater that really unpacked the third verse of the national anthem a lot of people and especially black people did not know uh, the racial undertones that existed in that song mm -hmm. um and now that we know that a lot of us are not going to stand for that flag or that song and I had no problem with Colin Kaepernick kneeling during the national anthem or any other athlete until this country treats the least of its citizens like the best of its citizens it will not get the respect from us I do not respect what you do and we do not have to love you because you have not shown us love traditionally and you have kept us in bondage and then after that you murdered us just for existing and still doing it and you're still murdering, murdering us, us for now. existing mm -hmm. and somehow we're supposed to just stand there and allow it and i don't want to hear this go to another country you go to another country you don't own this land as a matter of fact this is borrowed land stolen mm -hmm. land blood land there were Native Americans here before you even thought about coming over here. Right. Everybody here is an immigrant. The difference between us as blacks is we're involuntary immigrants. We didn't get on a boat one day and say, we're going over to America, yay. You know? That's yeah. what you did. That's what that's what your ancestors did. Y'all decided to make that voyage over here on your own free will. We were forced, and there are hundreds of thousands of African bodies at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean because they did not want to be forced into bondage. Nah. Just think about that. Yeah, that's true. And you know what the crazy thing about that is, what you just said? Um, I mean, it's common knowledge at this point that many of us are, you know, well, as far as African-American people, we were stolen and brought over here, but there were other people that did, um, you know, immigrate over here. But the crazy thing about it is, like, the Native Americans that had this land prior to, in their ideology, they didn't even think of it as the, it really being their land to own. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I don't even think they had a name for, like, the, the, the name America is not a Native American terminology. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just crazy how, you know, when, when people say go back, you know, to your country and go back to this and that. First of all, the problem with telling a black American person to go back to their country, unfortunately, due to acts perpetrated against us, we couldn't go back even if we wanted to because... Which country? Which country? 99% of us don't even know what country our people even come from. Because you stole that. Our lineage. You stole our identity yeah. along you know, with our you, bodies. What you did was you would make sure that our lineage could not be passed down because one thing I know for sure is a person that knows who they are can't be controlled. Best believe, you know, it ain't like probably what media shows it was like when we first came over to this country. Like, you know, we just came in shackles and we just got right to the work. Like, it was a yeah. whole lot of... Uh, yeah, Uncle right, Tom yeah. and Aunt Mama was yeah. just there doing their job, chilling. Mm, nah, it was a whole lot of resistance. A whole lot of resistance. And it just got to the point where... Um, and we're going to dig into this in another episode, too, because there was a complete breakdown of how to control slaves. 
you know, and one of the things that they knew they had to do was to rob us completely of a knowledge of self and a knowledge of self-respect in order to control us. That's the reason why we don't know where our people come from in terms of exactly what country we come from or what tribe we come from nowadays, because that had to be used as a tool in order to control us for that amount of time. You know, but it's just, you know, going back to, you know, what you were saying before, it's like the fact that we've overcome such adversity and, uh, you know, we can kind of make something out of nothing. And traditionally, we have been able to make something out of nothing. Like, that's really the biggest fear, I feel like, that they have. And, you know, by the word they, I'm going to specify, I'm not talking about white people in totality. Because one thing I know today is that it's a lot of white people that is not rocking with the stuff that's going on today. The worldwide protests for the George Floyd incident would not have happened had it not been for white people being sick and tired of the stuff that they were seeing on camera. Even they, even the ones that were completely blind and were living in a bubble had to admit like this is too in your face. A man's neck being knelt on for almost 10 minutes. You don't have a choice but to acknowledge the atrocity being faced in front of you. So, you know, even even many white people at this point in time are getting sick and tired and have been sick and tired of seeing the imbalance. And they don't want to, you know, this to continue in the way that is going on. And a lot of them are stepping up, you know, um, even one of my neighbors. I mean, I know we had a discussion about what, you know, what does Black Lives Matter really say? You know what I mean? That's kind of a given. But, you know, at least I can see they're trying to, you know, be bold and take a stance and say, you know, hey, I'm going to put this right in front of my window. Now, what you're going to do about it? If you if you hate me, that's too bad for you. But I'm a white man and I'm saying black lives matter. You know what I mean? And a lot of them are standing up and speaking out a little bit more. So, you know, it's that's good to see. But uh, when I say they, I mean those individuals who want the wealth gap to expand. They want us as a people to continue to be, you know, persecuted mm -hmm. against. I can only describe it as persecution. They perpetuating mm -hmm. this race war. That's right. Because they know as long as we fighting among each other, the most gets done during times of confusion. That's right. That's when the wealth gap goes higher. That's why we're saying during this pandemic, so many people amassing more millions and billions of dollars because there's so much uncertainty. Mm -hmm. There's so much confusion. People don't know what's going to happen next. And What's done in the dark comes to the light, always. Yeah, truth will be revealed, that's but, for sure. But what they're banking on is as long as there's this issue of us having problems with each other because of race, mm -hmm. they can continue to rake in the dollars off of it by put, pitting us against each other. And it's really sad that a lot of people fall into the trap. And one thing I forgot to say, or I misspoke on, it was actually the War of 1812 when England came to That's take right. America mm -hmm. back. I right. said, I think I said the Civil War, but I meant the War of 1812. So uh, I do apologize for that. Um, Becker, our audio engineer, corrected me via text on that. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> just being 100 about that. But, you know, there's so many thoughts floating through my mind. You know, sometimes we forget dates and, and things of that nature. But um, the War of 1812, as a matter of fact, was the first time that the White, the White House, House and the Capitol was, right. was breached. Mm -hmm. um, yep. I believe both were burnt at, at a certain point. They had to rebuild the White House, That's right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, so the White House that they're in right now is like the second version of the White House. But guess who built that? 
black people. Black that was people. in what 1814 yeah. when that happened. Yeah, black black people built that. So if you're talking about reparations, you needed to pay, and you need to pay our ancestors for building all these great monuments that you white people seem so eager to tear down. And whole cities that we built, whole cities that whole we cities, built. whole states, whole economies, because mm-hmm. this entire economy is on the back of dead slaves. Yeah, let's, let's just picture that on dead slaves and on imprisoned African Americans right now. That's what this economy is built off of in war, in death, in violence, in blood, in guts. And it's time that you stop lying about it, America. You are what you are. You're an inherently violent country. You're inherently violent people. This is what you do. Don't make it seem like it's unpatriotic to call you out and say what it is we see and not even what we see, what we've experienced. This trauma gets passed down from generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wasn't there with my great, great, great grandparents, but please believe they passed it down generally generationally. Mm-hmm. So we still experience some of that trauma and we don't even know why we feel the way that we feel. Yeah, you guys crazy. didn't have to go through what we had to go through in this country. And that's why we're going to shout reparations until the federal government pays it. So Evanston, Illinois, I think it was a very nice gesture. I don't want to downplay that at all. But it's not reparations. Please do not categorize it as that or classify or define it as that. Reparations can only come from the federal government and the corporations who are directly responsible for the institution of slavery, white supremacy, Jim Crow, and mass incarceration. Right. Right. I agree. I I mean, I look at it, like I said earlier, um, it's more like a reverse Jim Crow as far as I'm concerned, because, you know, with a Jim Crow law similar to that in place, you know, we would be um, barred from certain opportunities to to own housing and things like that so i look at it as more like a reverse jim crow but you know i will say this too um in talking about how the wealth gap continues to expand and you know the relationship between um all of us in this country uh continues to evolve in some ways in a positive way in some ways in a negative way i do want to say this there's there's a passage in the bible And I don't care if you're religious or not, you know, it's not even about that, but it's just something that speaks to me. It talks about, um, it talks about the devil and its rulership, his rulership. And it states that the devil can only rule in the darkness, right? Now, what that says to me is that when you say the devil can only rule in the darkness, what is the darkness? To me, it is a state of unenlightenment. Right. Which if you even if you break down the etymology of enlightenment is the root of the word is light, Mm -hmm. knowledge. Right. Or awareness of something. Being in the darkness is being in a state of unenlightenment. And, you know, piggybacking off of um, what we were talking about before and slavery, they had to put us in a state of unenlightenment in order to rule over us or to control us in the manner that they did. But just because we're no longer in shackles doesn't mean that we're not in a more evolved or different form of unenlightenment. And I'm not just talking about black people. I'm talking about this entire world. There are so many things and events and just stuff that has, you know, been shrouded 
in the darkness for so long and little by little it, it's starting to come out you know what i mean it doesn't matter what it is it could be something about you know uh, uh assassination or you know or whatever but new evidence always tends to come out and as much as we can talk about black american people suffering from a lack of knowledge of self because we were forced into a state of unenlightenment if you really think about it the whole world is suffering and specifically white americans are suffering also from a state of unenlightenment because you know maybe if the whole truth were to come out about what the relationship between black and white white really was during those times and all, everything that happened maybe there would be a little bit more respect you know for us as a people because i think part of the reason why it seems like we're only moving inches toward a harmonious civilization especially in this country is because we're not being educated you know i read uh somewhere that there was uh some i can't remember what school system that it was but in the textbooks that they had that they were trying to instead of saying that uh black americans were came over to this country as slaves that it they were in, yeah involuntary uh immigrants immigrants really let that sink in like involuntary i mean look yeah that's what the, you, that what was the term that i used earlier i mean it's like dude <laughs> what are you gonna do about that like you can't keep sugarcoating everything and you also states rights mm -hmm. they use the word states rights that's what the civil war was about right <laughs> the state right that they were fighting over was the right to keep black people enslaved and in shackles it was really all about slavery yeah and slavery, if anybody tells you anything slavery, different they say states rights yeah i mean that's honestly what it was about but you know the fact of the matter is is everybody's suffering from a lack of knowledge you know um even though i can you know only speak for myself as a black man in this country that i may do my research on certain things but there's a lot of things that still beg to be learned about and there's some things that i may die without ever knowing because it's just every time you turn around there's something i was just talking to my mother about this like a month ago and we were talking about how crazy it is that if you just take any one thing that you look at in this country, you can always find a jacked up backstory behind it. Like mm -hmm. even something as, as simple as I remember just being in my room and hearing an ice cream truck. And when you think about an ice cream truck and you think about the music that plays and you think about, you know, um, clowns and stuff like that, something as, yeah, like it's something as innocent as a clown has a racist origin. Which, you know, came from minstrel shows where white actors would portray um, black people in blackface and would paint their lips a certain color and wear these afros and things like that. And that evolved into the clown that we know today. So even though something as simple as a clown, you know, that's supposed to, you know, a lot of people are, <laughs> have fear of clowns. But, you know, for those of um, those people that view clowns as being something that is joyous even that has a, a jacked up origin it's got a racist background to it and it's just sad how you can pretty much point at anything even look at the super soaker a toy that's supposed to be for fun but what's jacked up about that the guy that created it bob johnson i mean he was robbed for many many years of billions of dollars mm -hmm. you know what i mean uh or millions of dollars rather but you know it's just it's just sad, man. Like, you can take any little thing and, and find something that's messed up about it. But 
that's really what we really need to work toward as a as a nation is really educating Lonnie Johnson. Remember, yeah, we, Lonnie we said Johnson. his name before. That's on right. The show? That's Lonnie. right. Lonnie Johnson. Shouts out Lonnie Johnson. Bob Johnson is the one that um, BET on BET. Yeah, Apologies so, for that. Yeah, but you know, it's just we we as a people need to really take the time to educate ourselves because this quote unquote devil that's among us is really only able to rule because we continue to get pitted against each other. There's this, I mean, I do believe that there's a race war being perpetuated, but that's what the elites want, I feel like. Because the thing is, if, I mean, at the end of the day, we're not doing well as a people, but there's many whites that aren't doing well. Well, all of these systems have existed for hundreds, if not thousands of years. They Mm -hmm. existed even before the inception of America before America was even thought of um, over in Europe. Some of these systems even date back to ancient China, Africa. Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun when you talk about, um, you know, just just people. Anthropology is what they call it, like the study of people, right? Right. There's really nothing new about it. Everything has always been about an elite class controlling a submissive or lower class. You had serfs and lords in ancient feudal times. Mm-hmm. You had kings and queens over in Europe and in Africa. You had emperors over there in China for thousands of years. Um, Egypt had emperors as well. Everything has always been about that control because the less, the least amount of people, if they control the most, that's how they're able to keep people underneath of them. They need all of the resources because they don't have the manpower. There's millions of us and there's thousands, hundreds of them. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to maintain that control, they need the wealth. And they need to control how information is disseminated. Because if they can get us to fight each other, we won't even look at who the real enemy is and who's really behind the scenes pulling the strings. We're looking at each other. Like taking us back to slavery, we always go back to slavery. But there was a time where indentured servants who were white worked closely with slaves who were black. And even some Native Americans were slaves, but a lot of them died off because the diseases that the Europeans passed to them, Mm -hmm. they weren't able to fend those off as well as we were as um, Africans or blacks, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of the time we were getting along with people who were in similar circumstances who happened to be white, who were free men, but were working off their debts or just had to work to make their little bit of money to survive. And what they decided to do was tell that indentured servant who was a white man or white woman that they were better than us. Mm -hmm. And once they felt like they were better than us, they had no need for camaraderie. They had no desire for camaraderie because the only thing that gave them any type of silence or um, self-worth was that at least we're not as bad as these niggers. You know, sorry to say that word, but you know, that's what they said. That's what they thought during that time. And we're still saying that today. It's why a lot of lower class whites vote against things that would benefit them just because they don't want anything to benefit blacks. Mm. And they want to see us in terrible conditions because the elites are telling them, at least you're better than those niggers. That's right. And you know what's crazy? A former president of the United States of America Lyndon Baines Johnson, he made a statement, and I'm going to read the quote to you. He said, and I quote, if you can convince the lowest white man 
He's better than the best colored man. He won't notice you're picking his pocket. Hell, give him someone to look down on and he'll empty his pockets for you. So even a, a former president of the United States, I mean, you know, it's, it's not far-fetched to say that because, like you said, it's all about division and separating the, the ruling class from the non-ruling class. And it's just like what you said in another one of our episodes, that the middle class is a sham. There's no such thing as the middle class. You either are part of the wealthy or you're not. And this is just a prime example of not. They want you to think that there's steps on the ladder. But in all actuality, there are no steps on the ladder for you. You either are part of the elite wealthy or you are a pawn being used as a tool to help no them ladder. get what they need. There Whether you no be black ladder, or no white. Rungs, nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's as much, them and there's us. That's right. You know, so all this racial stuff, man, that's used as the a tool. Creation. It's used as a tool to make somebody believe that they're part of one side or, you know, part of another side. But in all actuality, it's really all people being used as pawns, you know. So um, ego, that's all it is. You're you're feeding the ego of the white man by telling him that you're better than that black man and that black woman. You're feeding that ego. And we as human beings are egocentric. So anytime somebody's telling you something that's helping you build your self-esteem, you're liable to believe him, you know, because we want to believe great things about ourselves. So if you tell a white man or white person that white people are the superior beings on earth, a lot of them really believe that. That's why I hate to use this name, Hitler, right? hate to use the name, but that's why he had the following, the cult following that he had. He was saying that white people with blonde hair and blue eyes were the God's chosen people, essentially. The Aryan, the Aryan race, race. The purest people walking the earth. He, that's what he told them, even though he was a man with brown hair and brown eyes. But the people that followed him looked like the man he described as being the quintessential human being. The apex of the, the human race. The apex of the human race. So if somebody tells you that, you might be liable to believe that because who doesn't want to believe that they're the best? You know, so... That's what the ruling class uses to get people to turn against each other so they can make all the money and control everything and keep power in their possession. And that's what we've been saying for thousands of years. It won't change until we, the non-ruling class, understand that there's us and there's them. And if we continue to allow them to pull the wool over our eyes, we'll always be in the conditions that we're in and that we continue to settle for man it's just a lot um but uh yeah family we gotta wrap this yeah, up we unfortunately gotta go, man. i mean because we can keep talking for an indefinite amount of time on this um but there'll definitely be more to come in this conversation because there's just so much information that's out there that needs to be exposed so that people can understand why reparations is important um to everybody You know, just because reparations is given to um, black people in this country or what should be given to black people in this country doesn't mean that it's a loss for everybody else. You know what I mean? Think about it like this. A society where every member of that society is able to function at their peak is a civilized society, the way I look at it. Anytime you have a society where everyone isn't able to function at their peak, that's not civilized. 
You know, that's rulership is what that is. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with checks and balances, but you can't really look yourself in the mirror and say, you know, like, I really got here by myself with no advantages at all when look at the cars we're being dealt with right now to this day. Even with the ongoing trial of Derek Chauvin, we're still looking for justice. And you know what's sad? Even though we hope to get it, I feel like deep down inside as a people, probably feel like it won't happen. We know it won't happen. You know, we feel like it won't happen. But, you know, I'm not going to speak that into the universe. I'm going to let things play out because I hope it does happen because it, there needs to be a precedent that's set. But, you know, we're going we're gonna to wrap this up, man. Uh, please uh, let us know your thoughts. I mean, I know there was a lot said today and uh, we definitely want to hear from you all uh, what you think about the stuff that we're talking about. You know, definitely like, comment, subscribe. And um, any inquiries or, you know, comments that you have directly about the podcast, you know, send it to us at TV at reparationsbrand.com. We would love to hear from you all and, you know, possibly answer some of your questions um, yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. So. And we definitely need y'all searching for us on everything that we're on That's on right. YouTube. Search for Reparations Brand. You'll see all of our episodes neatly lined up, mm -hmm. pretty pictures, thumbnails and all that for you. Also, uh, we're on Instagram at Reparations Brand. We're on Twitter at Reparations BR. Uh, we need your support. Uh, we also need you looking up our podcast. If you're driving to work or, you know, doing a workout and you want to hear our voices as we discuss these important issues, look for Reparations TV on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Play, anywhere that you get your podcasts. We about to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. This your boy, A.D. And this is Solomon. And you're watching Reparations, Reparations TV. TV. Cheers. Cheers.